Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. God bless you this morning. How's everyone doing? Come on, CWC, let God know that you're awake, that you're ready to worship, ready to honor the name of Jesus this morning. I want to welcome our online audience as well. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I know things look different. I know things are still different. As Even as we begin to open up and we see more, more liberties being given back once again, things still look different. We're still wearing masks. We're still social distancing. We're doing our best to create a great worship experience for you that's safe as well as for your children as well. And so as Pastor Nick mentioned, we're wearing these the, the Synergy Kids shirts today to promote our, our children's ministry starting off. We are so excited with Sister Bree and Synergy Kids. So amen, that's a, that's a good time to clap. Really good time. I got, I got a word for you today. And this is a word that's just been stirring in my spirit for a minute. We've been preaching arise and build. Everyone say arise and build. That, that, that series that we're talking about is that work as we're coming out of this COVID season, there's been a lot of things that have been destroyed. Our, our, a lot of things, our hopes been destroyed. A lot of people's finances have been destroyed. It's impacted marriages and families. Mom and dad having to deal with the kids. All of a sudden, you're no longer just mom and dad, but now you're a teacher. And now you got the kids at home. You're, you're stuck inside. You're trying to figure out how things work. There's a lot of pressure on people in this season. A lot of businesses have gone through major struggles and shutdowns. And our hearts go out to every small business. Our, our hearts go out to every family that is experiencing this. And so I really felt like God was speaking to us that now as we're coming out of this, now's the time to rise up and build, to start putting back together those things that have been destroyed. And a lot of times we walk out and we, the, the children of Israel were surrounded by evidences of their failures every moment they got up in the morning. When they stepped out of their homes, they saw the rubble of the wall that used to protect them now lays in rubble. Many of us are surrounded by the evidences of our failures. You wake up to an empty bottle. You wake up to someone next to you that you don't know their name. You find yourself with a drug. You find yourself with a, with a bottle. You find yourself with a stack of bills that you don't know how to pay. You find yourself with a report from the doctor. And you're going through all these, you experience all the rubble around you and all you see is hopelessness. But I'm here to tell you that Nehemiah, who was born in exile, born as a slave, had the opportunity to serve as a confidant to the king, as a cupbearer. He tasted the wine, the food, to make sure it wasn't poisoned. He had the audience of the king, and he learned how to lead in royalty. He learned how to lead as a king. And when he heard about the conditions of Israel, he rose up, he asked for permission, he was sent by the king to rebuild the walls. I shared with you last Sunday that walls that had been destroyed for 150 years, that laid in rubble, that they tried to rebuild, but they kept getting knocked down. Walls that had been destroyed for centuries were rebuilt in 52 days. Oh, come on, that's something to get excited about. What's been destroyed for years can be rebuilt in a moment. 
with things that have laid in rubble for years can be put back together again. You may see hopelessness. All you may see is rubble. All you see is little pieces of what you had left. But when God steps in, God has the ability to take the rubble of your life and put back together a wall of protection, a wall of standard, and a wall of strength. Somebody say amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Turn your Bibles with me to Nehemiah chapter 13. This is our final message in Arise and Build. Our final message in this series. I want you to notice something. In Nehemiah chapter 13, the walls are done. The, the hard part's been accomplished. They've put these walls back up again. After the walls go up, Nehemiah, remember, he was like a secret service agent to the king. And the moment they find out that the walls are done, the king calls him back. And so he leaves the city with the walls put up. The temple's been restored. So he goes back to Babylon, a thousand miles away. While he's gone, some things go wrong. When he comes back, he has to put some things back together again. Listen, listen to me. Don't stop at the wall. Don't stop at the wall. Many of us are in this panic to try to rebuild a marriage, rebuild a family, rebuild your finances, rebuild your business. But the moment you rebuild it, that's when we relax. Didn't think these walls could go up. And you get the walls up and all of a sudden, you end up slacking off. Look at Nehemiah 13, verse 4. If you're there, say amen. It says, sometime before this, Eliashib, the priest, had been put in charge of the storerooms of the temple of God. He was close to Tobiah. Now, now for those of you that have been here for a minute, who's Tobiah? He, he was the, very, the guy that tried to keep them from rebuilding the wall. He was one of the enemies. He tried to stop them from building. And now the high priest has partnered with him. Be careful who you partner with. Be careful the associations that you connect with. You got to take a look that if you're not getting to the level that you need to be, that you have to start looking at your associations. He says he was close. Everyone say close. To Tobiah. Some of you are close to some people that you shouldn't be close to. I'm not saying you don't reach out to them. But I don't take advice from certain people. I don't take certain lifestyle guidelines by certain people. He goes on and says this in verse 15. And he had made available. Everyone say available. He made available to him a large storeroom that had been used for the grain offerings, incense, and worship vessels. All the tithe of the grain, the wine, and the oil for the Levites and the singers and the security guards and the offerings for the priests. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to see he says he was close. Everyone say close. close. That, that means to be near, to be approached. It literally means that, that there's a relationship. And not just a relationship, there's a partnership that's going on here. And that this was a choice. But he, he connects with, when we see Eliashab's name the first time, we find him in chapter 3 where he's part of the rebuilding of the walls. He's one of the first guys that rise up and help rebuild the walls. 
And the very guy that tried to stop them from rebuilding, he's now partnered with. The, the, the name Tobiah means the Lord is good. How many know that God is good? Come on. How many know that God is good? <laughs> Tobiah has the right name, but he operates in the wrong function. You got some people around you that, that carry the name, but they don't carry the function. They say that they follow God, but they don't. They say that they're a good encouragement, but they're not. They, they say that they're good influences, but they're not. You got to understand that there's some people that have a certain label, but they don't have the function. The Bible calls them people that know the goodness of God, but they deny the power thereof. I want you to understand something about Tobiah. He caused the problems of the rebuilding effort. And he partners with Eliashev. And in the temple, the temple is designed in a manner that they would have storehouses. That if, if you guys were, if we were in those days, instead of bringing money to the, to the storehouse, you would bring wine, you would bring oil, you would bring incense, you would bring instead sometimes money, you would bring it and they, they would take all the offerings and they would store it in this place in the temple. It was designed to be a place that the, the, the priests were able to get their support, the worshipers got their support, and all the Levites that ran the temple took care and they, they were fed according to what was in the storehouse. But Eliashab, who was the high priest, takes everything that was in this room, and listen carefully, he removes everything that was dedicated to God. I need you to understand, every one of us, we are a design of the temple of God. The, the physical temple of God was a, was a, was a precursor. It was a, a design of what we are to be as human beings. God never meant to dwell in a temple made by stone or human hands. He always meant to dwell inside the temple called mankind. God wants to dwell in you, but there's a place in your life, listen carefully, there's a place in your life that only God can fill. There is an, a place in your life that money won't fill it, sex won't fill it, I tell you, that, that fame won't fill it. There is a place that God has designed all mankind that only God can fill. And what the priest did, he took all the stuff that belonged to God and he took it out. And he invited Tobiah to put his personal stuff in the house of God. And now because they removed all this tithe and the offerings from that place, the priest had nothing to eat, nothing to support them. So their business like COVID put them out of business. So the priests no longer worshiped in the temple or led worship. They had to go out to work in order to, be, to survive. L listen carefully. Eliashab let the enemy in. The very guy that tried to stop the rebuilding of the temple, he let him in. I need you to understand, he made room for the enemy. He made room for the enemy. And whenever something goes wrong in your life, I can always go back to a place that you left something that belonged to God empty. There is a place that only God can fill. And when we try to fill it and we make room 
And we, we think, okay, I, I cleared it out. You know, I, I used to be a big drinker. Or I used to be a party or I used to have a foul mouth or whatever. And we clean that room out. We say, God, I, I don't want to be that person anymore. We clear that room out that we put things in that only God should be. The problem is this. We clear it out, but we don't replace it with the things of God. And whenever you clear something out and something is empty, the Bible says this, that when a spirit in the book of Matthew, when a spirit leaves an individual, when someone's possessed. Now, listen, Satan is just a copycat. He can't create anything. He just copies whatever God's already created. So when we talk about demon possession, we, we freak out while a demon came into somebody. All he's doing is trying to replicate what God has already done with us. Because the Holy Spirit wants to dwell in you. You hear about demon-possessed people. What about God-possessed people? That's what God really intended us to be. Have you ever been around a person that you're like, oh, my gosh, that person, they're, they're, there's God in them. So you can tell when someone's demon-possessed. You don't want to be around. He'd freak you out. Your hair in the back of your head stands up. You, you can tell when their head starts spinning and they start changing their voice. For those of you that remember the old movie, Exorcist. But much like Adam in the garden, God gave Adam a responsibility to tend and to keep the garden. Tend to take care of, make sure everything's good there. To keep, to watch over, protect it. Adam allowed the serpent into the garden. You got to be careful what you're allowing into your garden. We're allowing things onto the television. We're allowing things in the internet. We're allowing things on our computer. We're allowing things to come into our homes. And you're wondering why we're in the situations that we're in. Because we've taken a spot that only belongs to God. And we've taken God's stuff out. You see, when the children of Israel came out, I'm not even going over the notes right now, so just stay with me as far as our, our screens and everything. When, when, they, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, God instituted what was called the Sabbath. How many know what the Sabbath is? Okay, online, you know what the Sabbath is. The Sabbath was a day that was set apart. See, God took six days to work, and on the seventh day, he rested. When you're a slave, you don't get a day off. As a slave, you have to work every day for your master. Then you come home and you work for your family. You, you don't have a day off. So God loved his people so much that he was like, listen, guys, when you come out of Egypt as slaves, you're no longer slaves. You guys are owners. And when you come out, you set aside one day. You set aside one day that is holy unto me. You set one day aside. And the reason you're doing that is you're understanding this. You're not the one that provides for you. I'm the one that provides for you. I'm the one that takes care of you. So you don't have to go to work on that seventh day because even as a slave, you had to do so. And if you, if you didn't do that, you didn't eat. But I'm here to tell you, he's telling them, listen, this is a matter of faith. It's a matter of honor. And yet we've taken this matter, this, this Sabbath, it used to be on Saturday, and some still celebrate Saturday as the Sabbath. But as Christians, we celebrate Sunday as the Sabbath because that was the day Jesus 
Jesus rose from the dead. And so even Paul said, whatever day you choose to make holy, you have to have a day that you set aside and say, this belongs to God. There is a room in my life that I'm not giving over to anything but God. And we come up with so many excuses. But you know, I got to get the Sunday's the only day I can get my boat on the water bought this boat and it's the only day I get to really utilize it. I got this four-wheeler four four and you know that Sunday's the only day I can get out and, and really enjoy what, what, what I have. And the very things, the very blessings of God, you wouldn't have that four-wheel four, four drive. You wouldn't have the boat. You wouldn't have the house, the wife, the kids if God hadn't blessed you with it. And we take the very blessing that God gave us. Oh, I'm preaching to you and you don't even know it right now. Those of you at home right now, we have gotten into a point. The, the Sabbath is about honor. Let me try this side. The Sabbath is about honor. It's about honoring God and saying, God, I trust you for everything. I know that you're going you're, you're gonna to handle things in my life. I, I don't have to work every single day of the week. And we, we celebrate hustle. Now, that dude's hustling. And that girl hustles. And we celebrate the hustle. But you can hustle your way out of God. Because we get so busy with our kingdom that we forget about him. And there's a room that only belongs to God. He, he gave Tobiah access. What, what areas of your life right now are you giving the enemy access to? You see, there's a principle, as I was sharing earlier, that it's a principle of seven, what I call it. Is that when a demon leaves a person, he goes to find another place to dwell. And when he can't find that place, he goes back to the original person that he left. And if he finds that person empty, everyone say empty. There's a spot that belongs only to God. And when he finds it empty, he goes out. I can't go back with the same strength because at the same strength, he, he got rid of me. So what he does is he goes and looks for seven other spirits that are just as evil or worse than him. And he gathers his friends together and they go back. And when they find the house swept in an order but not replaced, they move in. And the person ends up seven times worse than they were before. No, no, you're not hearing me right now. Many of us, what we say is this, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I received Christ, Jesus came into my life, okay, I'm a Christian now and so forth. Yet, yet you still have bitterness, you still have anger, you still have, have the, 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 these issues that are going on in your life. And what we do is this, is that we, okay, I, I forgive that person that hurt me. I forgive that individual that did this. But because we never reclaim the ground, that bitterness comes back seven times stronger than it was before. And so now you used to hate that person at this level. Now the hate is at this level. Then you come to church and you feel guilty about it. You pray, you ask God for forgiveness, and now the room's swept clean again. But you don't replace it. We become a people that want to get rid of feelings rather than getting things in order. 
want to get rid of this feeling. I want to get rid of it. When, when, when King Saul felt, felt the depression or the demons coming against him, David would play the harp to get rid of the demons. And many of us are operating in our lives just trying to get rid of the demons. And God loves you so much that he gets rid of them. But we don't love him enough to give him that space back. I want you to see what, what Nehemiah does. I'm almost done. In fact, Omaha, if you would help me. I want you to see what happens here. There's a principle. In order to make room for something, you have to first remove what is there. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. There, there's a principle. In order to, to, to move God back in, you got to get rid of what's already there. Now, I want you to see what happens here. Look, look what, what Nehemiah does. Nehemiah comes back, and i got to find myself where, where I'm at here. Nehemiah chapter 13, verse 7. The, the word says this. I arrived in Jerusalem and learned of the wrong that Eliashab had done, turning over a room in the courts of the temple of God. And I was, I was what? Now, now remember, in the Hebrew, there are no exclamation marks to, to, to emphasize something. So if you want to emphasize something in Hebrew, you repeat it. And so what he's saying is, I'm not, I was angry, exclamation mark. He says, I was angry. I was really angry, very angry. If he wasn't a God follower, there'd probably be a cuss word right there. I, I, I'm, 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 he was ticked. And listen, it's okay to be angry. It's okay at times to be upset about something. It's okay to have a holy righteousness that rises up. I get angry when I hear the enemy trying to destroy families. I get angry when I find out about children being, being offered in sex slavery. I get angry when I see people being addicted to drugs. I get angry when I see a child that's left homeless. I get angry when I see the enemy doing things to our church, to our people, and I see lives being taken. I get angry when I hear about suicide. I get angry when I hear about addiction. I get angry when I see things not working the way God intended people to live. It bothers me. He says, I was really angry. And so sometimes all we do is get angry. Being angry is not enough. He was angry. Look what he does after he got angry. And I threw everything. Someone say everything. Everything. He threw everything in the room into the street. He didn't call him and say, hey, hey, Tobiah, you know, man, you got some time. Can you come by and, you know, maybe see yourself cleared to kind of come pick up your stuff? You know, we'd like to get that room back. Get God back in. He doesn't do that. When something's wrong and something doesn't belong, you get rid of it. He didn't take it out of the room and put it in another place in the temple. He got all his crap, excuse me. He took all his junk and he pulls all that junk out and he throws it into the street. Listen, Satan isn't, isn't going to treat you with honor. 
And so Nehemiah comes and he just clears out the room of all Tobiah stuff. And verse verse nine, he go or verse eight. Then I ordered that they ceremonially cleanse the room. Listen, I don't want that. We got rid of that stuff, but you know what? I can still feel Tobiah's presence in this place. I still feel the funk of him being here. I got the smell of Tobiah still in this room. We got to clean this room out. We got need you to understand what needs to be done in our lives this morning. He says to cleanse the room and then did I and only then did I put back the worship vessels of the temple of God along with the grain offerings and the incense. I want you to notice three things. First thing he did, he did is he threw out, he emptied the room. We got to empty some things right now. Some of y'all are pack rats. You you got a, your emotional pack rats. You're holding on to things that you don't need to be holding on to anymore. And every space that you give to those things, those things take up room in your life that belong to God. That's a place that only God belongs. And we're allowing God to take, allowing other things to take the place of what belongs to God. So we emptied the room. You got to empty. Can't hold on to it. Let it go. Clear that junk out. You, you've been carrying some stuff for a lot of years. You've had issues. You're 50 years old and you had issues for 51. Even in the womb, you were carrying issues. Attitude in the, in the, in the womb, you had trouble then. And you're still carrying around those problems. Eventually, you got to let it go. Clean it out. Come on, somebody shout, clean it out. He threw it out. Then after he gets rid of everything, he cleanses it. You got to cleanse yourself. God, forgive me for allowing these things to come into my life and take a place that belongs only to you. There are places that only belong to God. I don't care how much money you get. I don't care what you're driving. I don't care the house that you live in. It doesn't matter if you have a million followers on social media. I need you to understand that there is a place that only God can fill. And he cleanses it. And then he replaced it. He restored God's presence. It's not enough just to clear out. We got to put something back again. The enemy will always fill an empty place. Empty mind, empty heart, empty time. Whenever I mess up, and I still mess up, I know you think I walk on water. My wife knows I don't. But whenever I mess up, Whenever I blow it, it's usually because, usually, because I didn't refill the space in my life. I made room. I gave room. When an offense came in, instead of dealing with it, I I, I left room. I want to encourage you this morning. Let's clear it out. Let's clear it out. Come on, somebody say clear it out. The Sabbath was all about honor. There's a time that you need to make sure that you set aside for God. And COVID has taken that away from a lot of people. 
We've gotten so comfortable that we've given room for other things on the Sabbath. We've allowed other things to move into a place that only God should have. See, I, in, in our master's days, master commission days, we had our young people. There was a rule we had a master's commission that was you couldn't date for your first year. Some kids wouldn't even join masters because of that. They're like, I ain't breaking up with him or whatever or with her. I, I, I can't do that for a whole year. See, what we wanted them to do was date God for a year. We wanted them to be committed to God for a year. That no other, no other relationships, only God. Listen carefully. But every so often, you would find these, you know, this guy that finds a young lady that's worshiping God. And he's like, wow, she's so pretty. She loves God. Man, I just, I just, man, I love the God in her. And so they would start talking, start hanging out. And all of a sudden, you'd find out that there was a relationship going on when there wasn't supposed to be one. And I would always call them in, and I would just simply say this to them. If he can't keep his commitment to God for a year, or if she can't keep her commitment to God for a year, what makes you think they're going to keep their commitment to you? <laughs> Nehemiah was appalled at what was going on. Look what he says. Immediately I confronted the leaders. He goes to the leadership. Why did you let this happen? He goes on and says, why has the temple been neglected? Then I called the Levites back and restored them to their proper duties. He goes out and pulls them out of Chick-fil-A. He goes out and pulls them out of McDonald's, pulls them out of Cisco Systems, pulls them out of Oracle, takes them out of Amazon from driving the car and dropping off packages. He gets them and says, listen, you have been set aside for God. And so you get, to leave the, get back to the temple. Get back and do what God called you to do. Get back on the wall. Get back to the purpose that the wall was built. And once more, all the people of Judah begin to bring their tithe of new grain and new wine, new wine and olive oil to the temple storerooms. What am I telling you? Is that we have neglected the house of God. We have allowed COVID to come in to the point that we have become consumers rather than contributors. We're used to watching service. We're used to checking things out. Oh, you know what? This one doesn't touch me. This one's not speaking to me. This one doesn't meet my needs. And we begin to, like, like we choose restaurants, we choose churches and if you don't like what they're serving here I'm gonna go somewhere else I'm here to tell you it's time to pull out all that crap you got in the storeroom that belongs to God and clear it out get rid of it cleanse that place that belongs to God alone allow bitterness to move in you've allowed doubt to move in you've allowed sickness to move in you've allowed so many things to pile up in that room that there's no room for God anymore I want to challenge those of you at home and those of you sitting here right now it's time the problems we're going through are symptomatic of our lack of honor for God 
Because if I can't honor God, I won't honor people. I'm angry this morning. Not at you. I'm angry that the enemy thinks he can step into this place and move his stuff in. Because when he moves into your lives, he's moving into God's temple. You've allowed bitterness, depression, doubt, sickness, lack to move in. And this morning, we're going to clear it out. I said this morning, we're going to clear it out. Come on, stand to your feet this morning. Let's get it right this morning. Let's get it right. When we get our priorities straight, everything else works out. Doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean you don't have any problems when you get things right. It just means you have someone to rely on to carry you through those seasons. See, the Apostle Paul prayed three times, Lord, remove this thorn from me. Sometimes God removes the thorn or stops the storm. And sometimes he strengthens you through the storm. And we keep asking God to remove things from our life. And God says, no, I'm going to allow that to stay because it's going to draw you closer to me. Come on, lift your hands all over this place. Let's just, let's just, I want you to, let's create an atmosphere right now. I believe the presence of God is here strongly right now. Those of you at home as well, whatever you're doing, put your secondary phone down, your iPad, focus in right now these next few minutes on what God wants to do in your life. Heavenly Father, I pray for every hand lifted up in this moment, both online and here at home. I pray life, I speak life. Lord, forgive us for any areas of our life that we have surrendered to the enemy. Lord, we invite you now, God, to take those areas that belong only to you and move back in again. Forgive me for allowing certain things to move in that only you belong there. So Lord, right now, forgive me. Forgive me for allowing things in. Right now, just, just ask forgiveness wherever you're at, whoever you are, whatever it is. If you've allowed the enemy to come in and take a place that belongs only to God, right now, I just want you to confess it to him. If you haven't been honoring God with his Sabbath, with the time to worship him, to set aside time, right now, let's get back to honoring God. Let's get back to honoring God. Lord, we want to honor you with our lives. We want to be the temple of the Holy Spirit once again. We want your spirit to dwell in us. We want your spirit to live in us. You're here right now and maybe you're far away from God and you need to recommit your life to the Lord. If that's you, would you just kind of wave your hand back and forth at me so I can see? I just want to pray with you. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Yes, over here. God bless you. Anyway, yes, God bless you over here on this side. Amen. God bless you. I want you all just to join me in this prayer. Just in those at home as well, say this with me. Heavenly Father, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again because he loved me. Lord, I pray 
that you would come into my life and fill me. Forgive me for allowing anything to take your place. Let me get things right by making you a priority. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise this morning. We're going to dismiss here live, and for, for those of you as well um, at home, we're going to have a time of prayer here at the altar. For those of you at, at home, we want you, if you've said that prayer for the first time, please text the word ALIVE to 408-340-7703. That's 408-340-7703. Text the word ALIVE, and we have some people that are standing by that want to reach out to you. And listen, fam, love God, love people. And let's change the world. Amen. God bless you this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea. 